the volume. Back, back, back at the wall. Back on another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. I'm your host, Alex Monaco. Fired up on a hump day, July 14th, Wednesday. It is not only NBA Finals Game 4. We have a special episode, special guest by way of the Colin Cowherd, Uncle Colin family tree. The one and only host of the 3 and Out podcast on the Herd Network, John Middlecoff, former Eagles scout, produced by one of the best in the game, Michael Hulse. Shout out to the homie Hulse. He is coming on to talk all things the Open. And we can't say the Austin Powers British Open or you ain't a veteran in the golf game. Took a gap year due to COVID. Back in the UK, ready to dance at Royal St. George's. Oh, baby, I can't wait for you to listen to this interview. Middlecoff has had some phenomenal golf W's. If you are a golf better, if you are a gambler listening to this, if you love golf, you will absolutely love this conversation with John Middlecoff. Make sure you check him out. Middlecoff, the three and out podcast on the Herd Network. Produced by my boy Hulse. Great pod. Always insightful. Huge, huge in the world of NFL. Unbelievable all-time Eagles scouting room. And overall, Eagles personnel, he was with once upon a Tinseltown time. We're talking about Lewis Riddick, Daniel Jeremiah, Frank Reich, the one and only Andy Reid, Middlecoff, all-time legend, coming on the mic to talk golf. We'll get to that in just a second. Again, if you're listening, please subscribe, rate, review, appreciate it. All things volume sports means a lot. We are back on a live stream again tonight, volume sports YouTube channel. As I like to say it, suns up to suns down. Huge game four. And just to give you a quick reminder of who I fired on on the Monday podcast, if you want your picks for Monday, I am off an undefeated Friday podcast. You listen to a man who had Poirier over McGregor, had a TKO KO in that, had a both teams to score under three and a half fan duel, same game parlay, and had a Giannis player prop in game three. We are 3-0. We are cooking at the beer pong table. Let's freaking dance, Costanza. So, on the Monday pod, I had Suns plus four. We had same game parlay. I got a Giannis points and boards parlayed with the under. It has to go scuba Steve under at some point. And it covered by half a point in game three. So, I like those odds as well. And series prop with it. There is now a spread on the suns Bucks series. A game spread in addition to right now, Suns minus 270, Bucks 200. We fired on that. So, if you want a game four pick, hop over to the Monday podcast. Let's get in to the Middlecoff interview. And before I do, I have to fire on a pick myself. How do we talk about the open and not break out the bow and arrow and fire. You don't. You have to. So I'm going to sprinkle on a both top 10 and top 5 finish. My boy, Brooks Kepka. Give me plus 150 on the top 10, plus 320 on the top 5. This man is fresh off a top 4 finish at the U.S. Open and a top 
five finish at the Farmers. Had a nice little bye week, little Larry David Lamp. But this dude, as you know, four majors to his name. Guys had 48 top 10 finishes, 12 second place finishes, and he's made 123 of 153 cuts. Seven international victories. He's also coming in off a tie for second at the US PGA Championship. I'm a big stars in golf, big four, big stage type golf gambler. I had Bryson once to win it all on the pod. Give me a second. If I had to fire on someone to win this championship, I may mess around and go Kepka with a side of hedging on John Rum. Kepka is playing close to winning outright golf and knowing that he gets up for big tournaments. Here's a quote he said, it's a major, so I'll be up for it. It's a different feeling. It's just more focused, more locked in on what I need to do. No distractions. This is Kepka, mental chess at its finest. He gets up for big occasions. The man is, again, coming off the heels of tied for the USPGA Championship and fourth at the US Open. He can smell a top five finish. I love him at plus 150 for a top 10, and I like it a lot. We're getting over three to one odds on a top five finish. Again, John will go into it on the podcast coming up right now. You can't get golf odds like this and value and payouts in any other sport. Unless you are a live betting maniac, you cannot get these odds anywhere. FanDuel Sportsbook, all in on it. John Middlecoff, host of the 3 and Out podcast on the Herd Network. Let's dive in. Head first, baby. Enjoy the Middlecoff interview. If you've been watching the NBA playoffs from the sidelines, now is the perfect time to get in on the action with FanDuel Sportsbook. Because during the conference finals, new users get 30 to 1 odds on any team to win their next game. That means you can win $150, which includes the Suns at the Bucks in game four. And how do we ignore, which we won't, the Suns? Number one in the association, 19 and six after a loss on the season. And your fan duel giving me plus four? Yeah, I'll take that bonus and I'll take that dub, okay? That means $5 on the Suns to send Chris Paul in his 16 year career for the first time to the NBA Finals. $5 down to win 150 Big ones! There are even more ways to win on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Their app is simple to use. They've got great pricing, exclusive always-on promotions to let you get more action out of every game day, plus different deposit options so you know your dollars are safe. And getting your money is a layup. You'll get paid in as little as 24 hours. Just sign up with promo code MONACO to bet the NBA Conference Finals with 30 to 1 odds. Once again, that's promo code MONACO to unlock 30 to 1 odds on any playoff team to win their next game exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Disclaimer. 
21 plus and present in New Jersey and Indianapolis. Must wager in designated offer market. $10 first deposit required. $150 max bonus. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Indianapolis, or 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey. All right, welcome to another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. I'm your host, Alex Monaco, joined by a special guest, part of the Colin Cowherd family tree by way of the Herd podcast squad, three and out. John Middlecoff, this man is a former NFL scout, phenomenal on the mic, very decorated takes as well across multiple sports, mainly NFL, but I know he loves his golf and we have him on to talk all things the open. John, thanks so much for joining me, my friend. What's going on, bro? How you doing? Dude, doing well. I got to get right into it. Uh, we're talking golf and I'm a little bit of a happy Gilmore type guy when I, when I take the, the 18 out there these days. How about you? What's your, what's your style like? When you when you suit up uh, and go take take a round with the boys, yeah, it's probably the one thing in life beside talking that I'm decent at, you know. So it's uh, you know, I'm a low single digit. I, I like I like to get out there and swing it. I, I play a lot in the summer. It's uh, you know, I, I don't have many hobbies. Yeah, I, I work a lot. I sleep. I eat. That's about it. Golf's the only thing I really kind of do on the side. So uh, yeah, it's it's one of my uh, few enjoyments in life outside of doing the grind of talking into a mic and streaming and podcasting, you know? Are you a DeShambo off the tee? Are you Phil, Phil on the chip, chip game? What's your, what's your, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, the strongest I, part of your game out there? Uh, I mean, I don't know if there necessarily is. Well, I, I'm pretty deep, but I mean, relative to like back when I was like in high school in the early 2000s, hitting at 300 yards was a big deal. Now these guys, fucking blow it way by that so it's you know i'm I, i'm long I, I would say i'm relatively long for uh i'm not the biggest guy you know it's not like i'm six five or anything so i i can poke it out there pretty good man that is that is impressive 300 so 300 was, I, was I, I also ha i also have like a 900 dollars driver you know i i have uh i've invested i like investing in the stock market and i like investing in my golf club so my my golf uh my golf set's not cheap i i, I use the best equipment I love it. Well, on that note, let's get into all things the Open. Uh, we got oh. we had a nice little year off, unfortunately. But as, as we know, the Open, of course, moves around with courses. We're back at Royal St. George's. And it's been an interesting array of winners the last few years just in this tournament alone. I'm seeing four different countries the last four years. Let's just start out with John Rahm at plus 750 here. I'm, I'm looking at FanDuel odds out the gate with Kepka being second and all the way up to 1,600, 16 to 1. Is that almost unheard of? I know odds in golf are tremendous because it's so hard to pick the winner, but 750 to 1,600, you don't see that every week. Was that Yeah, I, I don't think we've seen anything like that. Definitely. I mean, I've been pretty locked in on the gambling aspect of golf since they returned, probably since post uh, – post the break that we haven't seen anything close to that. And I, I would say anyone that gets close to five to one, I mean, Tiger in his heyday, there were some times when he was like two or three to one, but if you are a 10 to one favorite in a golf tournament, like, you know, gambling on basketball or football or that's unheard of, right. You know, for a non, for the, the, the favorite would never get those type odds, but golf, you have to beat the own, you know, the, the entire field. You're not just playing one guy. 
but I think it's fair. I mean, he's the best player in the world right now by a mile. He should have won back to back, right? He got booted out of the Memorial because of Corona. Uh, he, he won the U S open. I was watching the Scottish open, which is kind of a poor, poor man's version of this tournament over there. Uh, and he was, he easily could have won that he's a Euro. So he's used to playing in this. He's just an elite player. I, I always thought he was kind of a hothead because he always kind of was. I mean, his emotions ran hot, which is fine, but it cost him sometimes. I think he's really kind of come to grips with, like, keeping it under wraps, and he's just an elite player, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're crazy. Now, it, it, unless you're betting on Tiger, you, you would say stay away from, like, the six, seven, eight to one guys just because, again, you're playing – you're betting the entire field where you could argue Kepka, who has – competed to win this tournament before won several more majors than Rom at 16 to one who just was right in the mix at Kiowa who's played really well just historically in big tournaments definitely the last three or four years is much better value right because him and Rom at anything are equals maybe Rom's playing a little bit better but you're getting almost dump, more than double the odds that's that's pretty nuts yeah, and so just take take me a little bit into your your golf gambling process and and how you go about determining value because it's such a, a unique course by course weekend by weekend league where it's just you know yeah, you look yeah. at the Scottish last week and you, and you look at the top ten leaderboard and then none of these guys outside of Rom are are in who's favored this week and it's, it's to be able to just understand your methodologies when you assess value and when you're looking at a top five favorites to win week to week, take us into a little bit of your process for, for the open this weekend. Well, I'm probably a golf nerd. So like many people do with football, right? You have a good feel for what teams are playing well, what players are playing well, what players are playing bad. Like that's obviously scouted, but I think common fans can do the same thing. We're pretty locked in, especially with our own team, but the league, I, I, I'm pretty locked in with golf that way as well. So I think you got to factor in the players, how they've been playing. Uh, majors are a different ball game, right? It's like a playoff game for football. It's why people sometimes like bet against Lamar Jackson or whatever, and you bet on Tom Brady. But this major is different to me than the other three. Uh, the course is unique. Always, you know, playing across the pond. The I was watching Golf Channel. Like they've been playing at these courses since like the 1800s. The dude that wrote James Bond, uh, Liam something, he, one of the books about Goldfinger and James Bond, they played at this course. So it's just got all these wrinkles. The history, I know you're a big soccer guy. It's very entrenched in hundreds of years ago, which is cool. But like we know Augusta, we know some of the U.S. Open venues. We don't always know these venues. And they bring a lot more people into play because the wind pumps I mean, pumps, you know, on average, it's like 20 miles an hour. It can get up to like 50. It rains. So the conditions come into play. The fairways are usually like concrete. So guys that don't hit it like Bryson <laughs> can win, right? You don't have to hit it as far. You just hit it out there 250 and it rolls. You can, you can roll it up onto greens. The greens aren't, there's always an opening if you kind of get around the bunker. So I like to go with players that are hot and then just players. You got to putt well. You have to chip well. You got to scramble well in British Opens. I call it the British Open. I guess it's the Open, but it's just unique that way. So you got to be kind of just, that's why you have all these random names that have won it. Like Francisco Molinari a couple of years ago beat Tiger, right? You can just, right. so it's like Ricky Fowler has played really well in this tournament historically because he's got a great short game. So short game matters more than like 
That's why Bryson, Bryson's odds are incredible. I mean, depending on what's FanDuel got him, probably like 35 to 1, 34 to 1. Bryson typically is in like the 12 to 14 to 1 range, and that's where he should be in America. But over there, I think you can look at Bryson two ways. Like, I ain't messing with him because his 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 uh, hitting far over there doesn't really matter. It's neutralized. And he has a new caddy. He's got a lot going on. Or from a value standpoint, when are you ever getting Bryson 34, 35, 36, 33 to 1? That's incredible. So, I mean, I don't like him at all, but I also understand – that's yeah, the, futures, yeah. The, the value is the value is pretty good because he is an elite player, but you know, you got to have good wedge game. Uh, it's just, it's, it's has some of the most historic like meltdowns, right? Just because the, the, the elements, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like when you watch a Steeler Raven game in like late December or a Patriot Steeler game in Jan- early January, it's like snowing the wind. It's like there's a reason Brady plays well in that. And most guys don't like mo- most Americans, if you're from California, if you live in Florida, it's why you like guys from Texas, Spieth, uh, uh, Scotty Scheffler. You know, Lee Trevino historically was really good in this tournament. He's, he's from like uh, some little town in Texas. The, the, they're used to the wind. Like I, I'm from California. I hate the wind. I hate playing golf in the wind. Those guys like it. Tiger was just, a you know, an outlier. Yeah, that's very interesting. You mentioned that, John, because I, I did want to get into your your process of outside of just guys because because you look at like the nfl right it's a lot of a lot of casual gamblers will say and and i've learned this from professional cappers it's recency bias you'll look at the previous week you'll say oh the ravens look good the chiefs look good Uh, let's just fire on them again this week on unrelated to a lot of factors inside the locker room and, and you know being a formal former scout things that the casual public and the normal guy betting doesn't know what's going on but in golf it's so fascinating. I feel like it's a one-off when it comes to gambling. Do you feel like your strategy with golf, uh, being someone that's maybe fired on the NBA playoffs and someone that's big on the NFL, is truly a one-of-one one when it comes to gambling and strategy? I-, I bet if you talk to guys that bet real money on golf consistently and have for a long time, betting on the guy to win the tournament is kind of dumb. I mean, it, it, it's re- it, it's really hard, right? Because you're betting on one guy out of, depending on the field, 120, 130, 140 guys, right? Betting on top fives and top tens, that's where I think you can kind of take an NFL strategy. How they've been playing recently, how they played at that venue, uh, do stuff like that. That's where I think you probably get better value. I'm an odds guy. Like when I see 50 to one on Lee Westwood, who's a Euro, who's had a lot of success over there, who's played well this year. You're like, you know, 50, the guy's bound, even though he's older, but Phil just won a major at 50. It's not that crazy. Like 50 to one, Lee Westwood. I like those odds, but am I better off if I'm going to bet a hundred dollars to win 5,000 or whatever on, or 55, whatever he is on FanDuel's book, is it the smarter money to bet him to top 10? Because he's never won. So the likelihood of him winning probably still is slim, but he's probably going to be in the mix right? That's where you're better off riding the, if you want to pick a winner, take a horse, like a secretariat level horse, like a Kepka, like a Rom, even like a Xander Shoffley, a Dustin Johnson, you feel better about your chances. If that guy's in the mix. Now, part of gambling on golf, I guess this happens in football and basketball. You can be out of the tournament pretty quick, right? At, at least in those sports, like you can be down 20 to nothing at halftime and still a couple touchdowns in the second half, you're right back in the game. Like, you miss the cut, you're done. 
if you if you're so let me ask you on that note then john in, in lieu of being able to live bet and i am a maniac when it comes to that and i almost don't i almost look at pre-game and and this of course for four-day tournament it's you're, you're educated guessing and then once the game starts once the match begins whatever sport we're firing on there's a whole nother element to what your eyeballs are staring at so when it comes to live betting in golf and you have your position or you fired on you know sprinkled on three to five golfers to win it all a couple of top five top tens how quick do you settle into assessing how either the man you bet it on bet on is starting and adjust like do you Peyton Manning at, at the line a lot when it comes to live betting at golf yeah I mean you can adjust definitely like Saturday I you know early on probably on a Saturday if you like a horse and he has good odds you know I did that with Bryson in the U.S. Open but I would say golf probably more than most sports at any moment it can change one ball out of bounds one ball in the water your guy could be in the lead and then all of a sudden you blink two holes later he's three shots back right with so one bad you, shot you, it's hard when you're i mean watching, it's it's it's, it's no, difficult I know. betting I'm on the winner wonder, like in in basketball you know these guys you, you, they get a little more camera time you can read body language a little better you can look at huddles you can see team team chemistry and such in a one-off sport i'm thinking outside of maybe tennis how do you look like you said it can change like that i, I, I don't like i don't i don't like that yeah, I don't I don't live bet that often in golf because you can really only live you can live bet the winner. Like you're you're not live betting top twenties, you know, on, on Sunday. So you're kind of betting the winner, which either a guy you loved before and he's in the mix, or a really good player that you're like, you know, his odds right now are fifteen to one and he's four back, but look at the guys he's chasing, they're not as good. I think you could factor that in. So if it's like Kepka and he's three or four back. Now his odds, they they wouldn't be that great if the guys ahead of him aren't elite guys. So if like there are elite guys ahead of him, maybe he's twenty to one. But if he's three or four shots back and it's three randoms, his odds still might be like five to one. So you're like, well, it's just it, it, it's a difficult sport to bet the winner for sure. But when you hit it, and I've done it a couple times, that's why I'm addicted to gambling. It there's nothing like it. I mean, I've bet my first ever large bet. And I know th this is why I like people to talk about gamble, the gambling that actually gamble. Like I, I've been gambling since college when I bet on Eli Manning oh. to be beat the Patriots. I've been gambling uh, since my bar mitzvah money. So it, I'm yes, a yeah. I, I know it, well, it comes off. I can tell. <laughs> once you hit it, Daniel big, Day Lewis over here, baby. <laughs> once you hit it big, you never go back. And I've hit a couple, I've never hit like the 50, 60, 70 to one long shots, but I've hit some of the favorites like 12 to one, 10 to one of a hundred dollar bet. Like you just, you don't get those odds in other sports. There's, there's no way to win, you know, four figures in football by betting a hundred dollars. It, do, it doesn't exist. Right. Not it's, not even po it's not possible. And with, how often do you go quantitative, qualitative with guys off of the course? You know, Xander just got married. I, you know, Rom had his kid, I believe, right before he won. Do you ever look into a, a little bit of these guys, how they're doing in, in their life to, to come in and be, you know, Danny no. dialed for, for Dill for Dimes for four straight days? No, because it's not like in football or in basketball or baseball, like you just miss with your team. You're not around. In golf, like you could have a baby and then, you know, hit balls for an hour when no, you know, they're asleep. <laughs> like you can still kind of stay dialed. And in golf also, like you can take a week off and nothing really changes, right? It's actually healthy, I think, sometimes to do. 
Now, when guys are in terrible, like when they're trending the wrong way, it's probably right to just stay away from them until they show a little signs. But with top guys, like Kepka will do that every once in a while. Then all of a sudden, it's like, damn, I should have fed him the top five, right, when he gets no respect. To me, whenever you can get a top guy, this is where I'd probably throw Bryson out of this philosophy, a top guy with great odds. Like, you, usually top guys hover between 10 to 14 to 1. So when you can get a Justin Thomas, I took him at the players 20 to one. Like th- those are unheard of. And he won. Now, I, I, didn't, know go, he was, I didn't know he was going to win, but 20 to one for JT, he's never at that. Right. So whenever you can get a guy probably 10 points above where they usually hover on a course where they could realistically win, I, I, I always bet with a top guy. That's why Bryson's somewhat of anomaly this week. He's never played well here. Now, granted, he's never been, you know, football Bryson because they canceled the tournament last year. So he's, he's been skinny guy when he used to come, but it doesn't really set up to his game. Well, and you see just I saw you retweet it right before this. You know, he, he had some words with a reporter just, you know, didn't like the question about four and, and something of that ilk. And I feel like, you know, looking at just I know, of course, the match is not a, a part of the fab four of major tournaments and they're night and day from each other. But. Bryson, you just mentioned football uh, size. I feel like Bryson and Kepka are football players in their mind. Do you think there is anything to say about guys wanting it that much more week to week in golf? Do you not get that much into the X's and O's of, of the Y for these guys and, yeah, and wanting to win? To me, golf's next? a little like baseball. Like the harder you try, the worse you are. There's a balance at it, right? You can't just like try to hit the shot really close. Like there, there's a process like you want to get a base hit, you can't just try really hard to get a base hit. You, you, sure, a, sure. you know, you have to swing like you normally do to be successful. That, like that's with golf. girls too, you can't try too hard at the at the bar to flirt with girls. They can they can smell the desperation, just like they can smell the hot streak. Yeah, there's a balance to the relaxation in, in golf and and being chill, but also being focused. It's to me, it has a lot of parallels with baseball. Has a lot of parallels with like kickers, right, or even quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's why a lot of those guys are good golfers because it's. It's like mental. There's a lot of downtime, but when you hit it, there's a ton of pressure. That's the thing with Bryson, like, like in soccer in Europe, it's golf and soccer, are a really big deal. You know, this in like Ireland or the UK, it's like the home of golf. Like they're going to pepper yeah. Bryson. They're going to be all over his ass. And he's, you know, I think a lot of people would consider him, I wouldn't say a mental midget, but just a guy that you can kind of get under his skin a little bit. And clearly Kepka has. So that's another reason I think why his odds are so high. People just think he's going to crumble over there. Yeah, and on and on that note of just kind of what you you were mentioning with with Brooks and Bryson getting at each other, little, little McGavin Gilmore, if you will, uh, in terms of of chirping at each other, being a, a huge traditional golfer as well. Do you think the sport would want more of that? We've heard so many suggestions for people whether Mike these guys more bring them in. You know how the golf course goes when you're playing with your boys I mean there's there's some fun conversations you don't really get into in any other area of life do you think if golf capitalized as a whole on more of that it would bring more gamblers or more more eyes on you know these rivalries because these guys are really like NFL quarterbacks I look at Bryson and Brooks like you know franchise guys yeah I mean they're I would imagine both of them are netting somewhere between 25 and 40 million dollars on and off the course I mean they're making huge cash I think a lot of the younger guys on tour love it. Like they, they like this stuff because the, the, yeah. the more you do this, the more money comes, the more fame comes, like the more you become 
you get to play with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, right? They're, they became their equals. Now, Phil has been on that level for a long time, right? But these other guys, like, you could have thrown Kepka in the match and it would have felt normal or thrown Jordan Spieth. Like, the more you can get these guys kind of universally liked by the common sports guy, like, oh, what's up with this Kepka guy is a good thing. So I, I think they get it. They know it. And I think it's kind of natural. Like, younger people care less about the old school BS. It's like in baseball, right? Like, let the kids play. Let them pimp the shots. They, they, they don't worry about what happened in the 70s or the 60s. Now, there's a – you know, there's parts of golf like Patrick Reed gets caught cheating. Like, you're not going to be allowed to do. It happens in baseball. Like, you get caught stealing signs, they're going to buzz the tower. Like, there are going to be things that carry over forever. But in terms of, like, I know people that belong to, like, super nice country clubs that allow you to wear T-shirts when you play. You know, I think things just gradually progress – it becomes more normal to like talk because you talk shit to your buddies when you're playing golf, right? It, sure. It's probably no different for these guys. There's just more money on the line. And I think these guys legitimately don't like each other. Like they legitimately don't. I like mean, each that's other. from, I, I feel like if I was in the media in golf, I would be, I would be poking the Kepka Bryson bear. We want to see a little, you know, M McGregor Poirier type smack talk. Maybe no one talking about anybody's wife that aggressive, but just, friendly smack talk almost like rogers and brady gave us a little costco sample of at the match i think the key is they got to play together and play together in a big tournament if they can get matched to each other i, I think it could go up another level just the way the internet works They're, they have to talk um, you know it's, it's impossible to avoid each other when you're standing next to each other well, every John, think about just think about if kepka or i would say bryson you call them you know a, a potentially a mental mention i'd say bryson will break first mentally in the, in the psychological warfare before kepka he strikes me as you know six foot club you know varsity quarterback and high school type energy if bryson took five steps at kepka in a major tournament and his caddy had to stop him that is the most viral piece of sports content that week unequivocally. Yeah, it's it's in they're both too good. We're inevitably going to get those guys, I would say in the near future in something big and then something's just naturally going to happen. Right? Because Kepka oh. does not Kepka doesn't give a shit. He'll say stuff and Bryson as you saw today getting asked about yelling for which like listen, if you go to a golf tournament and you stand at this point in time between 300 and 350 yards down the hole, like you can get hit. So, like, I, I do understand Bryson does not yell four when he hits it, but, like, you're standing down there, you are in the firing range, right? It'd be like, if I'm standing in the middle of the football field in a Steeler-Raven game, I might get hit, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even blame Bryson. That's, to me, old-school golf, obsessed with him yelling four. Yelling four at who? A guy 350 yards away that can't even hear him? Who cares? <laughs> I, I, I defend Bryson there. But he does it. not. He does not yell for. No, no, that's true. Well, all right. So I, I have you only for a few. So let me let me get into this. Let's let's talk about your your maybe top five, top tens. Just a, a quick little breakdown, as you already know. Speeds won this in 2017. McElroy in 2014. Some of these guys are in the top odds. Are you already firing on who you like in a top five, top 10 finish this weekend? And it, could you give us a little glimpse into who you're thinking about this weekend? If you don't want to, I'll get it. I, I got a top 10 right now. Podrick Harrington, who's won this tournament twice, who's older. I think he's 49 years old. He's the captain yeah. of the Euros Ryder Cup. He finished top five at Kiowa where Phil won. This course brings in older people to play. 
he is from this area. So he thrives in the rain, in the, in the wind. He just was actually pretty good at the Scottish open top 10. You can get him. depending on where you, what do you have him at? I got him at 11 to one to a top Man, 10 for a guy am, that just I finished top having, five. I am having a scroll. He is plus yeah. yeah 1100. What a Johnny Stockton from John Middlecock. But I also think two other guys that are going to be in the range would be Phil and Stuart Sink, just a top 10. Older guys can play well here. Older guys, they both won this tournament. You talk Sink, Potty Harrington, and Phil. We just saw Phil at Kiowa. It's not quite like this course, but in terms of the wind, right, they, they just are they are comfortable. Where a lot of Americans just fold, they're not used to it. it I would say it's, I would bet $1,000 right now that one of those three guys is in the mix to be a top 10 guy. Now, I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to go with Harrington just because Phil's already kind of had his moment in the sun, but I could see Phil just being in the, being in the mix, you know, just how he, the element's going to knock a ton of guys out. So I, I like the older guys that have won over here. They've been coming to Europe for so long. Those two of sink and Phil six, won twice this year on tour. Like he's, he's a really good player, you know, right now. And that's where like, I would like sink and Phil more than Bryson, for example, to just compete to, you know, definitely top 10, but even to like have a chance to win. Are you firing on like how often when, when the odds makers put Bryson this far down, we're talking value earlier, as you mentioned, it's tough to not put your hands in the cookie jar and grab a, a, a Bryson with those odds. Do you stay away when you see your boy, that far down or or will you nibble and are you taking any outright winners yeah you know it's funny everyone i text i'm like i'm fading him i'm not touching him and then you start looking and you start thinking you're like god that's but like i i do think if your philosophy is like i'm not touching him this week you just he has a new caddy right he fired his guy or whatever happened i, I just think there. there's a lot I, I think the fans over there we know the soccer hooligans that there is no holding these guys back and i think he's an easy target it, it could be I, I'm just staying away from even despite those odds. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. New caddy, a lot of moving parts there, and, and a pissed off England fan base that lost in penalties. That's just to, to me. To me, the the, the the my favorite bet though, Lee Westwood, who's played well this year and who's competed well in this tournament. He's been in the mix in majors now for like uh, almost two decades. At 55, 50, you know, 50, 55 to one range, that's pretty damn good for a guy that's comfortable in this environment. He was just playing well in the Scottish Open. Uh, I, I I like him a lot. And a lot of the Euros, the Ryder Cups this year, and it, the Ryder Cups a really big deal for America, but I think it's a way bigger deal for them. And he, he's going to want to play on that team. And he wins this tournament, he'd be in. Now, if he, you oh, could argue if he just finishes like top five in this tournament, he's probably a lock, but. He's also kind of coming down the home stretch where like now if he's ever going to win one because he's kind of this generation's call Montgomery, the best player to never win a major, uh, definitely for a European. I, I like him a lot. This And the, the American I like in similar odds would be Scotty Scheffler. Like I said, the guy's from Texas because Texas guys are used to growing up in the weather, in the wind. And he just played well at the Scottish Open. He's played well in majors before. At Harding Park last year, he was right in the mix. Uh, I, I just, I like his game now, his win equity. I don't, you know, he's never won on the PGA tour or just, but he's an elite player. He's going to win. So this is a week that, you know, he's got, he's got game. 
Will you ever just uh, one more, one or two more questions about golf here? Will you ever, if you like a Westwood, will you strategically take him in a top ten and then a because he's such a long shot, but you make such a good case for him? Will you take? And I don't know if you're a units guy and you're pretty strict with your your regimen. Yeah, betting. no, I'm not. Will sprinkle, I'm not. <laughs> well, will you ever sprinkle? on somebody but do it in a way where if he gets a top 20 finish then you're getting your money back at the very least it's probably my next progression as a gambler i i just if, if a unit for me let's say is like a hundred dollars if i'm gonna take a guy with those odds I, I wouldn't put a full unit on him so maybe i'll throw 25 or 50 dollars on him and they'll just let that ride and, and if he, if he's just in the mix the one thing with golf if your guy is just in the mix and you've put $20 on a guy, $50 on a guy, and you have the chance to win $2,500, even if he doesn't win, that entertainment for the weekend, it, where can you get $25, $50 worth of entertainment like that? You can't. That's the thing with golf. Like, unlike, unlike, Check unlike, me out with Middlecoff on a live stream on Sunday. But <laughs> someone who's gambled a lot on football, like, now, older I get, I have to bet a little more money to get my juices, but like a $50 bet on a game – it's like if you, it doesn't really change your life. And if you win it, it's cool. But like, you know, the odds are just, unless you take a, some huge underdog, like a winless Bengal team, but you never would, you know, like week 12, when you get like 11 to one, you just don't. And, and they win every once in a while, right? Throughout the season, like a, a 10 to one underdog, but no one's betting on that team. The reason they're a 10 to one is because they probably have one win and it's December. We're in golf, like you can get a guy that could be in the mix that you get five times those odds. Now, again, back to what I originally said, the whole premise, it is hard to pick outright winners because only one guy wins in the group. That's where the top tens, but even the top tens, like I've had a lot of top tens that feel like a lock on Saturday. Like I said, with the live betting, things can change with one shot into the trees, one shot into the water, one shot into the ocean. And it's, you fall out of your couch when that happens. Well, I get I got a lot better ta talking with you today, John. I really appreciate it. Get, can we get you out of here with your best or worst golf gambling beat? Well, I mean, I mean, three or four weeks ago, I, I had Bryson, I think, at 18 to 1 to win the U.S. Open. And he was leading going into the back nine, and he shot whatever, 45. or I mean, he fell apart. It, it, he was – for as great as Rom's story was, like Bryson was in the lead. He was the defending champ. And I mean, he's an elite U.S. Open golfer. It was like, I'm going to win. And it's, I think in football, when you feel pretty confident, we've all had bad beats, right? A pick, a fumble or whatever. In golf, when you're betting on a horse, a DJ, a JT, a Rom, a Kepka, and they're in the lead on like the back nine, you feel pretty good. You feel better than football, I'd say, or basketball. Because you're like, this guy's just going to win. And when they fall apart, it's it's actually almost better for them just to crumble and shoot like 10 over over 9 than miss the last putt on 18. Now, the best oh. bet golf I've had in the last year was DJ to win the Masters in the fall. I doubled down, like you said. I thought he was a lock to finish in the top five because he had four straight years he had finished in the top five. So I put like five units on him. And I also just put a unit on him to win. So I just, I, I double one. It was, it was incredible. That is That's where when, awesome. you win, when you win in golf, it's, 
I don't know. I don't really bet on tennis. I, I can't imagine there's a more lucrative sport if, if you hit a couple bets on a guy than, than golf. There's actually, there can't be. There, there can't. There's not a sport that's there isn't. In, in, in the history of this young podcast, I have only hit on DeShambo. So we, we are karmically connected on good vibes for the DeShambo W. Um, all right. I did ask you this pre pod. I want to get your thoughts on it real quick. Don't have to get into the weeds on it, but you are watching the NBA finals. We got a, a huge game four. this podcast releases on the day of game four. I, I talked about series prices with you. Suns minus 270, Bucks plus 200, down to one. Game four's in Milwaukee. How, how's the temperature in the room for you on the series betting here with the finals? Well, you know what's funny? I was texting you the other day because I, I thought about betting on the Bucks to win the finals. And I was hoping they'd be like, you know, plus 250. Because everyone was like, they're going to be huge underdogs. But then the price was like plus 170, which is big. But it's like yeah. not quite good enough. You know, I remember when LeBron would play the Warriors, I got tempted a couple times because he'd be like three or four to one underdogs. And you're like, well, it's LeBron James. And the one year he obviously came back. But once they got Kevin Durant, that number even doubled. Two to one, though, you know, with the Giannis looks like the the modern version of Shaq. Now, they got to win game four. But if they win game four, I'd feel pretty good about my chance. I, I think that two to one is is pretty tasty right you got a, you got multiple <sighs> games at home now do you trust drew holiday and middleton on the road in phoenix i was just in arizona for a week that's a great sports town like i mean they're we're west coast we get a little front runner but when we're oh, winning yeah. you know that place is rocking uh you know chris has had some epic meltdowns in his career they are depending like chris is obviously their most reliable player but booker and Aiton are really young guys you know, and I, I don't know, bro. Giannis looked like he was on a freaking mission. And he has the last couple games. Like, does he kind oh, of he went this is my this is my chance? Yeah, yeah. No, and it's and it's interesting because he's not even getting that much cred from the rest of the league. It's more the media talking about it. He hasn't done he's done the 40 and 10 thing only. It's only what Shaq and LeBron have done in consecutive finals games these numbers 40 and 10 in terms of boards and points that's insane it's if he incredible. does it again he's in the jordan category in terms of the 93 finals efforts against the suns where he had over 40 twice and over 50 sometimes when you win a finals like your team can be flawed and you just go full legend right i mean you look back some of those kobe shack teams obviously they had two guys but they, they weren't that great at teams but those two guys were so elite you know, the the Kobe years, once he got Powell, like Powell was good. I think he was a little overhyped. Kobe was just so elite, right? LeBron, the one year, him and Kyrie just overwhelmed the Warriors the last three games. Like one guy can just go to a superhuman level. Now, like, can they set up a defense where they force him to shoot and they don't just let him get layup after layup after dunk after dunk? You know, that is probably the one thing that I guess historically has happened to him, but it doesn't look like he doesn't care right now. He's just put three guys on me. I'm going right at your ass. It's it's like he's discovering he's more Shaq than he is uh, a guy that's going to try to be what the rest of the league is at a hybrid three, four spot, small power forward. I'm just going to take there, it There's, to there's I mean, no one in the league right now. Maybe Draymond could get physical with him, but they call foul so much now. Like, who in the league could stop him when he wants to play like that? Jay Crowder's a really good kind of defender. He's got no shot, none. 
None. No. So you're in. You're in on the Bucks plus two. Uh, two uh, yeah. To me, plus, that's pretty good odds for a team that could easily like. It's not crazy for them to win the NBA Finals, right? No, it isn't. I mean, I am stubbornly on the Suns. I had them Suns over Bucks plus one ninety five when it was a Final Four saw crystal clear, and I took the Suns minus one seventy five stubbornly. Pretty good bet. Minus one. I'm locked in. I can't. I can't change it now. But if if I'm gonna bet on someone, I'm with you though. If I'm gonna bet on someone to win it, either the Final Four or in the finals. I need to get pretty good odds, right? right? Uh, unless you're just some overwhelming favorite. And even by then you're probably like, what, like minus 120? Like some of those Warriors teams were not even getting plus odds. So oh, once you got no, that was... close to the finals, hell, they were like yeah. two to, they were two to one when the playoffs started. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you go. I appreciate it so much, Sean. Three and out podcast, the one and only, and, and all things just, Niners Bay Area football with Haberman. Am I an idiot? It's Niners to make the playoffs minus 204, but the tastier number is on FanDuel. Niners over under 10 and a half wins. Obviously, 17 week schedule. Yeah. Plus 105, 10 and a half wins. Do you think that's right where it should be? And I I might lean over right now here in July. Yeah, I mean, if you he's he's only hit the over Kyle once out of the four years. Now this team is really good. Wow, that's good inside but, numbers but, there. You, know, you, you got rookie quarterback. You have Jimmy that can get injured at any moment. Like to me, I I would say nine to ten, but I, that's pretty good. Yeah, plus getting plus odds eleven. Division's really good. They could have a really good season. And be ten and seven. It's the it's. I think it's unequivocally the best division in football. I don't know how you can even make. I don't even think it's It's, arguable. Yeah, it's not arguable. It's it's gonna. These teams are gonna be incredible, beating up on each other all season. Well, John, thank you. I got better as a gambler on golf. I'm gonna get off and fire on these three top tens. I I mean, I think that was incredible insight. A little and a little Scotty maybe on a flyer. Do I dare say Westwood? I don't know. I maybe. I may be all in with you texting you this weekend, hopefully not hitting you up too much about all these bets going well. Let's do it, baby. And that about does it for another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Big time shout out to the homie John Middlecoff. Unbelievable conversation. I am firing right now on those three top 10 thoughts. Beautiful, beautiful way of looking at the game of golf. I love his strategy. I love the insight. And again, A lot of this podcast is finding out all kinds of different gambling processes and ways to get to Rome. There are a lot of roads and a lot of ways to travel to a W. And thank you to John Middlecoff because I just got better as a golf gambling degen. Thank you to Middlecoff. Make sure to check out talks with him and Haberman. All things John Middlecoff on his Twitter. And of course, the 3 Now podcast on the Herd Podcast Network. Shout out to the homie Hulse bringing us together. Shout out to Brums on the ones and twos. Enjoy the live stream tonight. Let's hope I'm on the right side of Suns plus four in the under. It could get ugly. And we could be in a Schwitzfest to say the least. Thank you for tuning in as always. Don't forget to hug your mothers. That's it for me. Ta-ta real summer.